Oh my gosh, it's episode 177. I am so excited to be here. This is going to be a great show. Normally we don't do very good shows, but this is going to be a great show because none other than my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman is here. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, LCS uh, was pretty good this weekend, actually. Yeah. I, was, I had a lot of fun. What did you enjoy about it? Uh, that TLEG game specifically was just so fun. I, I love the multiple fights in, in different bases, you know? Such a such a fun game. Such a fun game. Uh, this is actually one... No, it is 177. People in the Twitch chat throwing me off. They're all saying I thought it was 178. They're trolling me. Well, either way, uh, we'll talk more about uh, this weekend. How, how have you been other than that? You've been looking at any of the E3 coverage? Nope. Not well, at I all. I thought you got really excited about Elden Ring. You tweeted about it. Or oh, well, I mean, that's I, I didn't know that was even because of E3. I just saw that. I'm a huge E3 fan. I mean, uh, Elden, <laughs> fuck it, whatever, dude. Get me out Shows of here. Shows off to a great start. Uh, and our guest this week, he came on, I thought because of the new Sunday media policy, but actually, I don't know why. But uh, Jensen is here. Jensen, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're it's my first time here. I'm excited for this. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're excited about it because you asked me before the show. How long, what is this? <laughs> how long am I on for? I've never done something like this. I dodged that question because I thought that Dodo would have told you that this is a two hour long show. And uh, <laughs> and I didn't want to answer that. So if you need to leave early, I understand. This is your day off and I really appreciate you doing this. But I, it was in that moment that I discovered you did not know you had committed to a two-hour show. So uh, welcome welcome to the show for yeah, as, long as, you, as long as you feel like being here. Um, Thank you. Well, well, maybe we'll pull we'll front-load Jensen-related questions uh, to the start of the show. Also, shout-out to Alienware and GameFuel for sponsoring the show. Uh, always love them. We'll talk more about them as the show. We love <laughs> Alienware here. Goes on. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, but... Uh, well, before we we get into some calls, I mean, how's how's things been for you lately, Jensen? Um, it's been interesting to say the least. Um, a lot have happened, but um, we're we're moving forward, we're moving forward. <laughs> a positive way to to say it. I mean, Jenkins looked pretty good, uh, at least in one of the games this weekend. I think he particularly popped off. So, how's it been playing with him? Yeah, no, um, he's he's a great guy, and yeah, I think I think um, he's 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 really good. I think um, I think you know, obviously, the whole thing is like very weird, especially for the fans. And I think people probably downplay him because he is playing instead of Alfari, which you know everyone thinks is obviously the greatest or the best top laner in the league. So yeah, I mean, he's he's good for sure. Uh, yeah, on oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was going to follow up on the, the Alfari topic, because like you said, it's obviously weird for fans. Uh, should, what, what's the best way to do this? How Should we get it out of the way, the Alfari discussion? Should we get a, a caller on? Well, here's, what? here's what I will say. So uh, I, I was super down to talk about all of the Alfari drama and poke Jensen about it until I saw that um, it sounds like he's going through some personal struggles uh, based off of his tweets and the Team Liquid tweet. And so I think, look, I am super down to take calls about like uh, maybe the way in which TL communicated the stuff and maybe the sort of situation where Jenkins is in. Like, I don't think we should ignore the whole topic, but out of respect for whatever personal struggles that Alfari is going through right now, I'm not going to like berate Jensen to reveal like 
a bunch of personal shit. I get that some people are going to be like, what the hell? But I'm like, hey, uh, I'd like to be a good human for at least this episode. So maybe we don't need to, to TMZ drama out like what's actually going on be- with with Alfari. Um, but, but it'd be so, much like better for our viewership if that happened. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes I, I'm willing to make the trade on viewership for uh, uh, ethical reasons, I guess, and to, to avoid uh, being like a... Uh, drama alert type uh, show anyway but but I do think we can talk about how this has affected the team and all that stuff so I'm not afraid to to, to uh, jump into all of that uh, but Mark yeah I I mean, oh go ahead Jensen yeah I was gonna say I mean there's obviously some things I can talk about but like you said there is obviously the personal side of things that made things a bit more difficult but um yeah I mean I'm not opposed to you know briefly talk about things but you know I, yeah. I'm just not gonna go into many details on certain things about it well let, let me ask you then what was it like for you being you tweeted i think a uh every everything is fine <laughs> type meme or something like that around this time what was it like for you being on the sidelines as uh there was a bunch of, of drama unfolding at least the conversation online was unfolding yeah i mean um yeah i mean i thought i thought it was a fitting tweet at the time <laughs> it, it was funny, you know, to lighten the, the mood of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. From from the inside, it was was okay, I guess. There was it was a bit of a weird situation, though, for sure. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of sudden, you know. Like just, I think the timing of it just made everything seem a bit more extreme um, than you know it maybe could have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah, C9 think... kind of—it's funny because there's been so much focus on TL, and I think the major reason why that focus has been there is just because of the timing, the the fact that there was one game, and then it was communicated the way it was, um, yeah. whereas like C9 basically did uh, almost the same exact thing, and they were able. I mean, obviously there was a lot of what the hell is going on, but it—I don't think it sparked the same kind of reaction as we saw. Uh, out of out of the TL stuff, so I think that that's been a lesson for for perhaps the way some of the stuff can be communicated in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Mark, uh, do you have uh, on this topic? Do you have any questions before we get to callers about it? Chick Fil A or Chipotle? Ooh, I I like Chick Fil A more personally. But I assume Jersey Chipotle's Mike's is good. better than all of them. But Jersey Mike's is way better. Yeah. Wait, are you guys still sponsored by Jersey Mike's? I actually don't even know. Yeah, they oh. are. They just did a subs for dubs thing because they went to two one this weekend. They got the two two, so they did a discount. Yeah. I, this show should be sponsored by Jersey Mike's since we're talking about them right now. But uh, yes, still sponsored by Jersey Mike's. Uh, I mean, the Alfar. I will say the Alfari tweet uh, was very creative. It was crazy when all that <laughs> stuff was happening on Hotline League. <laughs> Uh, last week, and we were getting to kind of live react to it. <clears throat> Mark, anything else? Um, should I? I'll, I guess this is both for you and Jensen. Should I try and find someone with an Alfari take, or should we just leave that? I as think as long as it's not going into the like, if it if it puts us in a situation where we have to talk about like what is going mm-hmm. on behind the scenes with him, I think that that's kind of like shady. But if it's just sort of like, hey. If Alfari doesn't come back, Team Liquid is going to end up tenth place. Then I think that you know that's like a, a take that we could take, or maybe TL doesn't need Alfari. That type of stuff. I think keeping it about the game, his p- position, and the situation is good. Yeah. 
that that seems fair, right? Less about the yeah. TMZ rumor stuff and more about the actual situation. Okay. Or about Jet. We can take critical calls about Jet if I've, I've seen some already. Um, really? Where? I don't know. Oh, not in the not in the take, but I just or in the, in our Discord. But I just mean there was like a Reddit thread. Oh, it's the solo interview where he oh. said like if a coach gets to a place where they're benching a player, then that's a problem with the coach. That was kind of going down on the subreddit today, and I thought that that was a uh, an interesting take. All um, right. Well, how about we just get. I don't know. Is that is that a commonly shared sentiment amongst pro players that if the coaching staff can't handle a player to the point where they're getting benched, especially for someone as talented as Fari, that is more of a failure of the coaching staff than it is the player. That's the out of context, haven't read the article headline on Reddit right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit weird because, you know, from like an outsider perspective, you don't really know the context to everything. So it's it's a pretty dumb take, but ideally you want you do want like a star player or like, you know, supposedly the best top lane in the league to be playing. But if you don't know what happened, then it's it's a pretty dumb take. <laughs> All right, someone clip it, uh, put some brackets around it. You know, that editorialized Jensen said solo is dumb. <laughs> put that one exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, the brackets. that's what I thought. <laughs> the yeah, brackets are the, the number one tool for uh, The dot, us. dot, dots, the ellipses that just like contract a sentence and get rid of the words. Yeah. Somebody in chat pit wrote scumbag chat. And my God, that Ooh, is a throwback. that's a deep cut. Uh, yeah. Mark, I don't, were you even around when that happened? That started on I wasn't State in the, the scene. League, I think. I was like watching when scumbag chat was a thing, but I, I wasn't. Uh, or I think uh, we had chat on after. So this was like in 2011 or maybe early 2012. And I'm trying to remember how the scumbag chat thing started. I actually don't remember what caused it. I do remember we had him on State of the League after the scumbag Jat thing occurred and he was like juggling like he, apparently Jat knows how to juggle and so he was like juggling and doing all this stuff uh on the show and people were, and because before then i don't think Jat had done very much content and so the first time people heard about them was because of this like scandal people saying he uh, he oh it was the wcg thing that's right because he was on team canada and and team usa i think because maybe he had dual citizenship yeah, yeah, he spawns does. in the chat. And so that caused a bunch of controversy. And then people started calling him Scumbag Jet. And I don't think he had done too much content before then. And so then he came on the show and was like, yeah, I'm a normal human being. And then people kind of got over it. But man, that was a, that's a throwback. They eliminated Chicks Dig Elo. So true, so true. Okay, I remember. I haven't Thank heard you, any of this. This was before you, well, I think you were probably playing over in Europe. And so this was maybe a, this a, is like NA season one lore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's ancient. Um, you want to take some callers? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we can also talk a little bit about like, as we normally do what's been happening. For oh this yeah. Week. So while I look up, uh, sort of the, the, the hottest things that have occurred this past week so that we can get calls popping, how's it been for you transitioning back to playing in the, uh, the studio Jensen? Um, it's been okay. I will say though, I have one big criticism about the studio. It is really fucking cold. Um, I, I can't feel my hands when I'm playing. Like it's, it's just too cold and yeah, maybe it's cause of the lack of the fans being in the studio. So it's like this big space without a lot of people. 
but man, it's, it's so cool to play. Like we need people, we need the people back. <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be like a nest thermostat somewhere that's dialed down to a certain number and then they can, they can bump it back up now that there's no fans there or something. But man, that sounds, that sounds shitty. Yeah. I mean, the reason we were given that they couldn't do it is because of all the machinery there. Like it, they just can't make it, um, any warmer because uh, it would be stuff will start overheating. I yeah, I don't know. Maybe they but, need yeah. to use space heaters or something for the stage. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you guys that's, have, that's what I'm saying. Do you guys have like a winter winter apparel look you could you could go for too? I don't think we do. We we should have something though. I mean, I, I was thinking like maybe I could get like some sort of gloves to play with, but it get would be the, so uh, weird to play with gloves. The fi- like the hacker gloves from all those shitty '90s movies where it's just the fingertips out, you know? Yeah, I mean. There's got to be something, right? Like, I'm, I'm for sure going to look into something like that because it's... Well, it's always it's been cold. Is there a chance that you forgot how cold it was and then you go back after a year and you're like, oh my God, this is fucking freezing? Well, I mean, sometimes I could play with just t-shirt on, right? But I was yeah. like playing with like an under armor, a jacket and a t-shirt and it was still too cold. My hands were still freezing. So Jesus, okay. I, I, I don't think I just forgot how cold it was. Yeah. Okay. You, are you guys still allowed to have hand warmers or is there like some COVID thing about that or is that... No, no, there's there's hand warmers, so I'm okay. just like constantly touching the hand warmers. Well, you should duct tape time. them to your hands. Honestly, you don't need yeah. your palms. True. Maybe Alienware yeah. can make a mouse for you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Heated mouse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So well, they dumb. have. I've seen mice before, not not Alienware ones that have like cooler cooling tech built into them, uh, where there's oh. like a little fan or something that blows under your your hand. So, um, I don't know. I think I think it'll be interesting. Honestly. There's not been too like this. There's not been too much outside of the the game drama, right? Like, there's no big topics other than I think the stuff that happened in the LCS, which were again some roster swaps, IMT uh, bringing somebody up from Academy. Uh, I don't know if you've pulled Tom Shu yet, Mark, but he maybe nice. this is his day to talk about Yasui since for three years he's been on our show talking about how they need to play, give Yasui some time, and he got some time. So he got shit on my perks. Uh, uh, I got an actually a follow up question. Does the fact that you guys are carrying over your spring split record into summer do is that even factor into like what it's like playing in summer at all, or is it just not even in your mind really? Um, our coaching staff talk about it a lot. They like they like the the stats, the (laughs) the record, but um, I mean it's not something I really think about myself. Um. But it does give you more, like, I guess, room for disaster, I guess. I <laughs> disaster. Really Experimenting or disaster? That's, yeah, that's Experimenting. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of tell where Freudian maybe the, there. Maybe not the right word, but... Uh. You can tell where TL's mindset is at right now. <laughs> you guys want to experiment in summer? It's like, we just don't want to explode. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it's for sure nice if you do go on a lost streak. Like, you, you don't have to panic as much. I, I'm sure it sucks more for, like teams like CLG and Golden Guardians, but um, I don't really think about it too much. You know what's been interesting for me watching? I haven't enjoyed... It's it's a little annoying to see the score up there because as I'm watching, I'll look up at the score to see like, oh, how's this team doing? And because it's so padded from spring split, it's like hard for me. I'm like, wait, now I have to remember like how they did last weekend plus this week. And like on Sunday, I was looking at the score lines uh on on the screen and i was like trying to remember how well this team's been doing lately which is is a bit of a different situation um i don't know it's it's 
fascinating. Does it not the does it not show the summer stats? It I it only shows it shows total standing, which includes spring. Oh. So like next they, to team liquid it'll say what what mark? I was gonna say uh, the actual records under like the sleds and stuff that you're talking about only shows uh, overall record, but the when we do standing graphics and stuff at like beginning of day and end of the day, uh, we I put summer record that. on there too. I did see that. So at the end of the day, I was able to see the summer record, but it's just hard because sometimes I'm trying to remember like, how's this team doing recently? And it's a, uh, it's a little harder whenever you're just seeing that score. Yeah. Like. Um, Raz says the standings literally show the sh summer split st stats alone. Not true, Raz. Go turn it on. You'll see it in the overlay during any of the games. They show all of it together. I'm going to deduct points from you, Raz, but on lane, lane by lane. All right. Uh, why don't we get into some calls? All right. Mark's off to grab one. Uh, so you, you've you probably never watched this show before, Jensen. So just so you know. No, I have briefly seen it. I have briefly seen it. You've briefly seen it. Okay. Probably yes. one of our calls popped off or something, and it was on... On Reddit. But either way, we get um, people that call yeah. in and have opinions. Yep. And then we react to them. It's very okay. simple. Uh, while Mark is pulling somebody, uh, thank you to... Uh, 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 we have a caller. Oh, we have a caller. I'll get to that later. It's Par Parmin Parminion? Yes, Parminion. Parminion. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the island of Barbados. From Barbados? Wait, that's sick. Yes. Uh, wait, what can you tell us about the island of Barbados? Um, well, what to tell you? It's hot all year round, beautiful beaches. What is the ping like? COVID's somewhat under control. What's the ping? Oh, um, 90. Okay. All right. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? It's not that great. Um, so I had a question for Jensen mostly. Yeah. So as a yeah, as a player that has been at the top or close to the top of NA for the long time, uh, what does he believe is the biggest factor holding back NA teams from doing super well in international competition? Because obviously there's been some isolated success, but I want to know what's his opinion. Um, what's the biggest thing that's really holding them back? Is it macro decision and knowledge? Um, do players from other regions just have better hands? Is it something in any infrastructure, the solo queue, competition in the LCS, or even something else? Um, I would say there's like a lot of contributing factors, but one thing I always feel when I go to like, you know, Worlds or something and we start scrimming the other teams, it always feels like we have to catch up to the other teams, um, you know, both a bit individually, but also just when it comes to macro and all that kind of thing. So I, I can't really say there's like one reason why NA sucks, but I will say playing with 60 ping really sucks. So it sounds like you're saying, so the ping sucks, but you're saying it's not just necessarily like your skill it's also or the the sort of mechanics that you're able to get from the solo queue you also think it's things like the macro um yeah i mean to a lesser extent right because um you know when you look at lpl teams um i don't think they're like super like big macro players um a lot of it just comes from being able to be really good at snowballing and using their leads and just being I guess playing more together as a team in when it comes to like snowballing the early game that that that's how i view the lpl teams at least you know they don't have like super great mid late game macro 
but they're really, really good at creating leads in the early game and snowballing together. And I think that's something NA was really bad at in the past, but I think we've gotten better at it um, lately. Um, but it's it's hard to really say why NA is worse. Um, I mean, you know, when I, I did, you know, make it pretty far internationally a couple of times, and I never really felt like the gap was super big. Um, you know, in the beginning, it's it's always really tough because we have to adapt and really understand stuff. Um, you know, I feel like when I play matchups in NA and I go internationally, it's like wow, like this is not how I thought the matchup was gonna go. So there's a lot of adapting because um, the players they are better and understand the matchups better and everything so there's there's a bit of learning when you go there but also just yeah i mean they play against better players um throughout the year i think um i don't learn as much as playing you know solo queue here against the mid laners here as i would if you know i were to go to like china or korea um on that topic about like your the deep runs that you did get at international competition, what about those teams allowed that to happen? Was it because you guys were able to adapt and learn these things? Was it because individually you just felt like everyone was playing super well? Was it like this our team just happened to work really well together at this time? Like what was it about those teams that allowed them to get further than most North American teams ever do? Um, it's it's hard to say. Um, a lot of times when I would look at the other NA teams, they would kind of just play the same as they did in NA, not really progress. Um, whereas I felt like, you know, with the teams, when we went deep, um, we would learn a lot in our boot camps and really just, you know, take it from there. Because, like, th there's no doubt in my mind if we were to go to an international team or international tournament and we would have one week of practice like NA, which is you know, we would just be dead last almost every time, at least against the major regions. But it's just about learning really quick and really fast and trying to adapt as much as possible. It's interesting. So it, you, you guys are at such a disadvantage when you get over there because you have to catch up. Whereas like the, the I guess the LPL or the LCK teams can just, maybe the EU teams or LEC teams, whatever, whoever's best at that time, they can just focus on like figuring out what everybody else is doing in scrims or how the other regions play, I guess. Yeah. That, I mean, fair? yeah, t to an extent, but also it's just like, like I said, the players are, you know, slightly better individually. So you need to play against them a bit and really understand what they're doing better or how they're playing the matchups better and then learn from there. Um, cause you know, when I would talk to like some of the EU teams as well, like they would also just, you know, they would also just get absolutely destroyed by the Chinese or Korean teams in the beginning, but then they would learn and get better. Um, so I think it's just, they play against better players and have better competition. And we just have to kind of learn as fast as we can and adapt. That's, that's like one part of it. And then, you know, if, if you can keep up, then you can compete with them. Well, on, okay, on the topic of, um, you know, like to the caller's point about like holding you back, biggest thing I, ping is easily the worst feeling one because every time you go between like every day you're going to go between solo queue and scrims and you're going to feel that one while that's probably the worst feeling if you had like one thing you could fix like the one change you could make would it what would it be to like you think that would make the biggest impact and like that you don't have to cover so much ground when you go to these these international competitions that would get you the closest if there's one thing you could change it would for sure be be ping 
Yeah. Um, I think it's it's the most glaring issue, at least in my eyes. Um, you know, like there's there's just certain champs I'm like, man, like I really don't want to play this on fifty or sixty ping. Like I'm just not gonna bother. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, our Barbados friend, do you have uh, anything else, or does this do you feel like that kind of covers your question? Um, I I did just want to say quickly, like I do. I have had that difference in ping before because I've gone to England and played on like 17 ping and it felt like I was playing an entirely different game. Like obviously there's a huge difference between 19 and 17, but like skill shots, all that, it was completely different. Like I could play champions on 17 ping that it did not feel good to play over here. So I can kind of understand his point on that. But yeah, I think I think he basically asked the answered what I really wanted to know. So thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, of course. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, say goodbye? Um, I'll just shout out my Clash team, um, GCG Gold Cup Gaming. Um, that's something based on Barbados um, in the horse racing arena, but it's just a name that we took. Uh, so yeah, and of course, shout outs to Game Fuel and Alien Rare that sponsor you and help you to keep bringing out this great content. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. You know, I was competing in and won money last week in a oh Twitch Rivals event, a Wild Wait. Rift Twitch Rivals event. No, Mark, uh, this was, I had a relevant... I'm gonna get. I'm going to bring that up because it was relevant to the last caller whenever he gets back. Thank you to... <laughs> Where are we? Uh, Backlog Bandit, uh, Yoser, uh, Clock Cruncher, who gave out 25 subs, and then I believe gave out an additional 10 later on, which is super nice. Moving up the uh, the sub list that I've, I've currently recently installed underneath the, the stream. Uh, Zushi, Wild LOL for 31 months, uh, 6-4 Dwarf, Magris, Cherry Lace for gifting five subs, uh, Lesbomancy, Count001, <laughs> and uh, Tom Shu for 31 months. Wait, Mark. Sorry, yeah. sorry, caller. Just hang in there for a second. Uh, Mark, my my th the thing I brought up was going to be relevant. Uh, so I was competing in this Wild Rift tournament, won money, by the way. And what was interesting is we had uh, two players who were playing from Montreal, and they had seventy ping, and we had nineteen. And so I and they usually get lower ping. So I'm almost certain that Wild Rift has what everyone Regional wants servers. their legends to have, which is you play on the server that is near you. And so it's crazy to me that uh, they are able to do it in Wild Rift, but they're unable to do it in in League of Legends itself. Yeah, anyway, I, mean, I don't... Yeah, whatever. RTK, Human Boy, yes, yes. What should I call you, by the way? Call uh, just Human Boy. Human Boy. Welcome back to the show. I recognize that name because it's a, it's a Total War... War, it's Warhammer, right? Yes, it is. Yes, okay. Very good. Well, either way, what do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about the Beastmen versus Lizardmen DLC. Oh, wait, sorry. Different show. Yes, um, no, it's fair. It's fair. I have very, I, actually, Kelby's very excited about it because he likes... No uh, one cares. There's 2,000 people who don't Mark, know Mark, sometimes right we talk about Stormlight. I should be able to have some sort of interaction with the caller about something that we both share. That's part of the reason the show exists. Anyway... Yeah. Continue. No, I'm just, I'm just trolling. My, uh, the real takes, um, I had two that Mark liked, but the first one we'll start off with is uh, the mid-meta. There's some flame on Reddit, and uh, there's some people I know that saying the mid-meta sucks right now, but I actually think it's pretty hype. 
And uh, we got to see some really fun games of Abadage and Jizuke popping off on Akali. We've seen a ton of Tristana and Lucian that I still find really interesting. Um, but, you know, there are some Karmas coming out that are a little slower, but they provide for more interesting team comps than we've seen in a while. And it's just, after watching six or seven years of Orianna and Syndra, I, I really accept the change of pace. Yeah. Well, go should ahead. I, sorry, go I ahead go or... Yeah, it's all you. Yeah, yeah. That's this is a very Jensen thing. I'm not going to be able to comment on the mid meta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. The meta is is more interesting, just both from a watching perspective and also playing perspective. But the thing that really sucks is the that it doesn't really feel too much like mid lane anymore, in my opinion, because um, mid lane was always about mages. That's why you know most people chose to be a mid laner is to play the mages, right? And the problem is the mage items are just too weak. So you you could always play something like Oriana, Victor, Syndra, but right now they are just too weak in the early game. And that would be okay normally, but the items are just not good enough to make up for what you lack in the early game. So it's just primarily like, you know, enchanters and then a lot of assassins, which is cool, and bruises. So yeah, the meta is for sure, it's it's really fun right now, but I still think Riot should buff the mage items a bit so there could be even more diversity and we could see more mages at the same time as well. Are there specific mages you wish you could play, Jensen, that you can't right now? Um, You can always play stuff like Victor, Rihanna, and Syndra, but I just don't think they're that good anymore. Um, I just didn't know if there know. were ones that you like playing um, in particular where you're like, oh, I wish this was a champion I could play. Um, there's not really any champions like that right now, I think. Um, I think it sucks that Oriana feels kind of weak. I like playing Oriana, obviously. Uh, you can yeah. still play her. It's just the other champs are just better. And that's, that's just the harsh reality. Um, I had a follow-up when you're talking about buffing the mage itemizations and you're talking about late game. It sounds like, from what you were saying, their early game isn't great, but... It didn't sound like you were saying that they get hard slammed in like these shit matchups and that's why they're not viable. It sounds more like even if you survive through some tougher early games, the payoff isn't worth it because you're not hitting this like insane two or three item power spike. Is is that what you think the, the bigger problem is? Is that like you need some bigger, bigger bigger payoffs or would you say like the early game is just like smothering them out of the meta? Yeah, no, it's 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 the payout, right? Because right now there is a lot of focus on the early game, you know, the scuttle craps, etc. So um even if you just kind of like lose the early game the payoffs is not the payoff is not big enough um for what you lose out on in the early game because i could i could play oriana every game and i could survive every game uh, without dying if i play well but i'm not even going to be able to like outscale fast enough for it to really be worth it yeah that randuin's viego is just going to sit on your face super yep. fun <laughs> yep well, I do got to say, in the later parts of the game, it's more interesting to not have control mages because then people can really punish mistakes instead of like, oh, four people died, but Oriana's still alive, so the wave disappeared, and now you can't get a turret. That I will say that's better. Like, oh no, Silas is alive. Okay. Yeah. We're still going to take this turret. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of just a problem with how teams are playing because the strong part about these control mages is they're really great at offering zone control, so it's it's hard to like push onto them. But once teams get better at like flanking or playing macro a bit better, then they also get exposed a bit better. But 
typically in NA, you can kind of just carry the fight because people are not good at like zoning or pressuring you from the right angles when you play control mages. And I think that's like the bigger problems. I don't think control mages are like super broken when they are meta teams are just not good at punishing it. Cool. Okay. Uh, so human boy had a second topic, which I also liked. Um, and so oh, yeah. let's do I it. Figure why not give him a yeah, second it's, a, it's a quick call. So we can do that. Human boy. What do you want? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I think Abadage is playing very well and I think he's doing great, but I think Reaper is the bigger pickup for hundred thieves. Because I don't think it's Abadage's contribution to the team that makes someday remember how to play with a jungler and how his bot lane cannot feed and how his jungler can invade without dying every game. So I, I think Reaper's done some good work on that team and it's not being talked about as much as Abadage, who is kicking a ton of ass. I'll give him that. But everybody else is also playing better. I love this call because Jensen has a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to well. say. Like, he, he should be able to speak to, to both sides of this. Okay. Jensen, which is bigger for Hunter T, picking up Reaper or picking up Abadage? And uh, hopefully there's no repercussions for you and however you answer this with people <laughs> you may know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say how much Reaper is, is really doing for the team, right? But I agree. They look like a completely different team, and I don't think it's it's all Abadage either. So, Jensen, do you just, know if you anybody know, we could ask that's like previously worked with Reaper in a coaching position that would know how much he might be able to contribute to a team? Yeah, I, I think I know the guy. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, from my experience um, of working with Reaper, he was really, really, really helpful when he first joined the team, and he did a lot of really good things for us. So. It, it would make sense to me if it if it was all Reapered. Um, he taught me and the team a lot when he first came around, and yeah, I, I agree. It's it's probably Reapered. Um, I think Abedag is is a good player, um, but I don't think he would just you know change hundred thieves from what they were uh, in Spring Split to what they are now. How good do you think he is? I'm, I'm kind of curious because a lot of the North, I mean, especially. Obviously, I think people are familiar with him in the broader context, but a lot of North American or LCS fans might like not know as much about him from his because he's been over in LEC. So, hearing from you, like how how you think of this player? Obviously, everybody knew about Perks whenever he joined. So, I don't know what your opinion is on Abadage. Um, I don't I don't really know to be honest. He seems he seems okay. I don't think he's like better than anyone was... else. To be honest, I, I don't really know how to judge him. Yeah, I know you. Okay. I know you haven't played him in stage yet. You play him this weekend, but what? I mean, you guys have to have scrimmed a couple times. You, uh, who, yeah. who was winning the scrims in the one v one? I mean, I, I wasn't too impressed um, back then. <laughs> but maybe he's, maybe he's gotten better. Maybe he was jet lagged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. jet lag. He was getting used to any solo queue ping. Um, it was throwing him off whenever he gets into scrims. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I think uh, I, I kind of like the caller's question because. 100 Thieves, when that roster got announced, was obviously like very good on paper. Um, but as the wheels kind of came off throughout spring, it was one of those things where it, it's like, okay, clearly this team's underperforming. They have so many good players. They, sh they should be able to get more out of them. And that's why I think uh, Abadage, they obviously had a bit of a problem in mid lane, and that this solves that problem. But preseason, I didn't think it would fix all their other ones, but that's why... I, from the outside looking in, I believe Reaper had a had a pretty big influence on getting them in the same page. Well, that was one of the weird things is like you, they seem to not, to your point, not be on the same page, which is odd 
because they had previously played together for almost the entire i mean obviously someday comes in but like it, it was weird to see sort of the drop off from what we saw over at golden guardians once they joined 100t you would have expected them to feel like a superior team to the one they were previously but it didn't didn't feel like they were able to keep that going so i'm curious if, question oh yeah i don't know if you can remember back to the the 2020 summer playoffs jensen when like tsm lost to golden guardians and then golden guardians won the next two games of the lower bracket series and then tsm reverse swept them and mm -hmm. i think myself and a lot of the community they were like holy shit golden guardians is actually really good um behind the scenes i don't know if you can remember were they actually like contesting the top teams or did they just have like a couple good stage games that or was was tsm bad <laughs> i mean tsm um, won the championship that, that yeah yeah time. yeah i know but they seem to be getting the perspective from the outside on TSM over that playoffs was like, wow, like everybody thought they were really bad, and then they seemed to just like climb up in strength until they won, like they were powering up. So uh, through the yeah. losers bracket, um, I mean, I I already talked about it about this a bit back then. Um, if you guys can remember, there was TSM <laughs> yep. fans didn't like me too much. Um, <laughs> I, I do, remember. I do recall that, but I, you didn't I talk about I the Golden Guardian side of it. So. I copied his yeah. copy pasta from Twitter and tweeted it out after everything TSM did. I wrote that for so many impressions. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I thought at the time TSM was pretty bad. They got did they get three would by Golden Guardians? I don't remember. Yeah, it was. Um, and then I think we played Golden Guardians the next week and we we three would them without any real problem, any real struggle. So I thought Golden Guardians they were they were okay, but I don't think they were like a, cont a contender for the championship. Um, but throughout the whole playoffs, TSM did get a lot better. Um, and then eventually they beat Golden Guardians. I think it was a five-game series. It was five games. They went, yeah, it was reverse Golden sweep. Guardians was two, yeah, reverse sweep. Yeah, and I think, you know, you learn so much from playing best of fives if you actually, like, are a good team and you're good players. And I think that's what TSM did. They learned a lot from all their losses, and, and they came back and won a championship. So Golden Guardians was okay. Um but TSM was also bad in the beginning. And then I also wonder if Sunday is that much of an upgrade over Hauntzer because I, I haven't been too impressed with him lately as well. So maybe that's why Haunted Thieves were struggling. Mark, initially. I thought we had a conversation on the show last spring where I was like, I don't know, Sunday's doing so great to my untrained non-analyst eye. And then you popped off at me angrily. When did you say it? What? Did you say it after lock and tournament? Because he was good after lock. And no, I think I said it. I think I said it much later in the. I think it was when Hunter T started to look like they were crumbling, and I was like, I don't know if someday's looking too good. And you're like, Oh yeah, Travis. What about blah 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 blah? And I was like, Okay, well I don't I don't recall. That I don't know what I said. I, I, maybe I did. Uh, but I think he's someone who has never hit his like peak that people expected when he came over, or even if he did for a little bit, it's not sustained. Like I remember him hitting like a four man jacks. E to save the game and then like you know they come back and, and win on that but then you know he stops playing jacks all of a sudden he's back on tanks and it, i think a lot of people are waiting to see someday unleashed and it's just never happened um is it ever gonna happen i mean i think he's looked better so far like his gwen was decent i to remember what else he played recently i feel like people have been letting gwen through a surprising amount do you think gwen's busted because on the outside everyone thinks gwen's the dumbest shit ever but you guys keep letting it through for. Oh, maybe this is too, too, too. Uh, too inside. Str yeah. Strategic of a yeah, question. Yeah, sorry. It it could be, but but yeah, I think if if you're really good at really good at Gwen, then it's it's pretty OP. It's it's 
it's really annoying to deal with. I think the W is just really dumb. Okay, so there's our answer. When TL lets Gwen through, it's because they, they don't respect the whoever's going to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we can handle this. Okay, Human Boy, uh, thanks so much. Do you think that we, we covered this, or do you have anything else that you... Uh, we You got two takes in, so I feel like you should be happy. You guys, you guys did great. All right, thank you. Is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break? Uh, two things real quick. I have a TL jersey behind me in the closet, and we got it when we went to Detroit to see the finals, so shout out to my brother who went with me. And then if anybody out there is looking for some mediocre Total War content, I started a YouTube channel, Human Boy Yes Yes. Come enjoy the kind of not really fun. What, do you play on, uh, on what, Legendary? Uh, I play online versus other... Oh, you're playing games. the compet... Oh, boy. You're the first person yeah. I feel like I've ever met that, that actually doesn't just play the single player. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, Human Boy, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Later. All right, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Alienware. And when I say our, I mean ours, because they also there's a there's an Alienware logo up behind in several places, I think, behind, behind Jensen. There's at least one on the wall and also the... Ooh big Alienware uh, banner across the top. Anyway, Alienware are doing a lot of really cool stuff. And one of the things I recommend people do is they check out the Alienware Arena. I've talked about it before. I believe you can go sign up for it at Alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, let's see. Let's see if there's a link to sign up for it there. I'm going to just double check. Uh, yeah, I think if you, yes, if you click on, if you go to Alienware.com slash Travis, you click the link all the way up at the top, right in the middle, it says Alienware Arena. You can sign up, or maybe you've already been a part of, you've maybe already signed up before, so you can just check over to it. But they've been doing a bunch of stuff. Last week they were giving away, I think, keys for Resident Evil, like the new one. Uh, but I know I've been teased. I actually don't even know what it is. But I've been teased that they've got something cool that they're doing tomorrow. So if you're watching this live, then tomorrow. But if you're watching it on VOD, then maybe today or yesterday. That's how time works. Uh, but thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Uh, you can use the link in the description uh, on the YouTube video if you are listening to it there. Otherwise, I'll put it in the chat right now for people to head over to my URL. It's always helpful when people check out uh, our page. But yeah, they've got a bunch of cool giveaways and stuff they're doing through Alienware Arena. And signing up for Alienware Arena through my page is actually very helpful to me. Um, in fact, sometimes people say like, hey, I'm not in the market for a new computer or I am, I don't know, maybe you just really like building your own or something. The way you can help me is by checking out Alienware Arena, signing up, because even just that I think is something that they they love to see from uh, the folks that they support. So thank you so much to Alienware for supporting the show, and please sign up for Alienware Arena so you can go get some free stuff. It's awesome. Anyway, I think we're ready for the next caller, Mark, if you want to go grab them. Off he goes. Count zero zero one Tom Shoe Real Foxy one for the forty three months. I love you chat for forty two months. Paisley Pickles, uh, Gullius, Blue Jay, uh, Christabel for forty three. Wow, a lot of people coming in for a while. Ian, or I think that's it. Land Land Seven or Ian Seven. Thank you. Uh, Sil Silverius, Bread Dork Wheats gifted a sub. Uh, Irrelevant Jeff, Smoke Dog, and Matt. 7389. We got some more, but we'll get to them in just a second because Mark should be showing up any moment with our next caller, but he's still not. So I'm going to shout out Flick Nickum and iNuber. Spawn the cast or resubscribed? 
He's been here for six months. Do you interact with Spawn much, Jensen? Whoa. Uh, From time to time. From time to time. What is your opinion of him? Seems like a cool dude. Okay. All right. Well, I was giving you the opportunity to to poke fun at him, but I'll I'll let it slide. Who? Oh, my bad. Is it pronounced Elijah? Yeah, it's Elijah. How's it going? Nice. It's spelled a little differently, so I'm glad I nailed that. Props to me. Where are you calling from? (laughs) Uh, I'm calling from Wenatchee, Washington. Okay. Wait, Wenatchee? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, Wenatchee. Killing it tonight. All right. Wenatchee, Washington. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, well, my topic, my idea was that I think Alfari being benched is not a big deal. I think Jenkins looks good on stuff like uh, GP and Akali. I think Alfari was getting first blooded a lot last uh, in spring um, and even a little bit in summer. Um, and instead, I'd like to see more uh, play making champions from Jensen, such as LeBlanc and and Zoe, and uh, just more focus around mid-jungle synergy from Team Liquid in general. I love that you said he was getting first-blooded even a little bit in summer. You mean the one game that he played? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yes, he okay. has 100% first blood rate. Stats are great. So what were, what were your opinions of him as a player, Elijah? Were you, like, because obviously a lot of people thought that he was the greatest in the league uh, in top lane. So did you not feel like he was that? No, I, I, I kind of did in, in some ways, but I think it was it was these very small margins that it was putting him ahead. Um, and then as soon as I started seeing him getting first blooded and and uh, losing leads uh, for the team just in general, I started to kind of question what I was looking at. I think I was actually a little bit shifted by the community opinion. There was a lot of people out there that's like, oh, Alfari is so good. And then, uh, you know, and so I kind of jumped on that train and I'm, I'm doubting uh, that I, I don't know why I even jumped on that train as I'm starting to look at it because, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have any problem with him. Team Liquid is actually my, my favorite team. So I definitely want to see every player on that team as, a, as being amazing. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm starting to, to doubt my take there, my original take. Well, I will just say regardless of whether or not he was dropping off or not, he did – I think it's almost universally agreed that he was just dominated the league in the top lane position for almost all of spring. And so, and he was supposed to be like this, you know, he was, he was among the sword art perks, uh, Alfari, like triumvirate that was coming in to just crush NA after we had Bjergsen and, and Doublelift retire. And so I, I'm going to say it is a big deal no matter what, the circumstances or for for him to not pan out and i think people would be saying the same thing about perks or sword art if either of them uh, were there though maybe the memes would be slightly different uh around salaries or something i don't know yeah i think uh the way that i would direct some of this to jensen that i think he would be able to answer is probably like how does like the benching change like play as well because whenever you have someone who's you know playing a lot more carries in the top side that's going to require more babysitting and, and getting that player ahead and making sure that your carry can actually carry in the late game and core jj felt like he was top all the time um so with gents or with uh jenkins getting put on you know kind of gp duty which is like the ultimate like weak side leave him on an island fuck yourself like just go farm uh has it led to more focus between you and santorum working together or uh, is the team just kind of like figuring it out on the fly? 
Yeah, I mean, when we played with Alfari, we were primarily playing topside. Um, but obviously, it makes sense. I think he had, you know, his stat was, stats was undeniable. He had really good laning stats. He's really, really, really good in lane. Um, and so we just played a lot around top lane, tried to dive top a lot and snowball the games that way. And now uh, with Jenkins, he's um, a bit more... I guess he's he's kind of new to the team, so he doesn't talk as much. So naturally, it'll open up room for us to play a bit differently. And so, yeah, I think we are playing differently, you know, more mid-focused and more butt-focused. But but yeah, I think I think our style has, has changed a bit um, for now, at least. Yeah, I guess I'm, you know, part of the reason I'm a little worried for, for TL in the long run, especially, and by worry, I mean, perhaps you are in much bigger threat of not winning the the split or having cloud nine or TSM or somebody take it is like, it just feels like you have one less threat, right? Like if, if you do have to throw Jenkins on and he's like talking a little less, he's less dominant and you guys are playing less towards top lane. It's like, it almost feels like he, he's going to fill that space of like, okay, just go up there and don't feed and like chill and like do your thing. Um, so I don't know if, if, you feel like TL fans should be worried about that, or if you think that it's a, a completely unfounded concern that things are going to be fine for TL regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's undervaluing Jenkins a little bit because I think he is still he's he's also a good laner. Um, he's just not as experienced, right? And he hasn't played stage much, so you know, like all the communication stuff is something that's you know hopefully going to come naturally or with more uh, play. But I mean, just like you, right? Like when it happened, I had my sa the same concerns, like ah. Uh, are we going to win NA now? Like what, what's going to happen? Right. But we, you know, just have to give it time and, and see how it goes. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure by sometime summer, uh, late on during the split that Alfari will potentially come back. Right. And then we'll see how things go from there. Yeah. On the, uh, the topic of communication, did you kill Jenkins in that EG game when he was getting all in by Aatrox and you're like, I can TP up or something. And then instead of flashing towards the turret, he flashed like towards your TP. Was that your fault or <laughs> like what happened there? Uh, no, he was just fighting. And then I was like, I have to TP to try to save him. And didn't work out. I don't remember. Did I grief it? I, I actually don't remember at all. I just I, remember everything that happened there was really bad for the game. <laughs> it was, it was pretty tragic. He like, he was going to lose his flash no matter what, but I think he could have lived if he just kept running down and flashed in. But then when he saw your TP, he started running back into the lane to get to your TP and I think try and bait the Aatrox. I didn't uh, know okay. I didn't know what the comms were if you remembered like No, I I just remember seeing Tavan and I was like shit, like I, I got to go here now or it's <laughs> yeah. or it's going to be bad, but yeah, maybe I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know if it was a a hard call or if that was a both you guys just kind of doing it. Yeah. I, it, it was kind of just like a friend the moment kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just had to go for it. Well, Mark, I think both Jensen and I gave our opinions. What What do you think? Is Is it a big deal that Alfari has been uh, benched and that we've got Jenkins in? I think it's like you know, kind of what Jensen was saying, a little too early to say for sure. But on paper, you're concerned because I think NA looks pretty decent this split. Um, I mean, there's the C9 roster swap, which is its own can of worms. Uh, but at least you know, like they were pretty good. They won spring. Um, and then 100 Thieves right now, at least off what we're seeing on stage, looks like the best team. Um, their games have been really clean. I know they lost their first one, but C9's like CLG win was a little sketch. 
uh, the TLEG game, you know, a little sketch. And I don't think 100 Thieves, they've been pretty clean in their wins. So you didn't mess I think they're, mess, uh, mention TSM. Uh, <laughs> TSM, I, I hate them because they fucked me over in oh, the dive your, your prediction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was uh, it again? You said you said like they're not going to lose. All right. So to place. be fair, it was a bet for like you make bets for comedy sometimes. This was definitely a bet for comedy. Oh, it just went yeah, south yeah, yeah. even faster than I thought it was going to go south. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. I, I just think uh, NA looks pretty competitive. So anytime that you're like from the outside looking in, it's like they have the best top laner in the league. To like Jenkins, who knows how he how he ends up? It's just an extra question mark on already a, a pretty uh, competitive split. Yeah. All right. Totally fair. Well, uh, Elijah, anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Definitely, yeah. Uh, sh- uh, shout out to Alienware. Uh, I got them. I got a computer actually off of your promo code back in the day. Uh, oh, nice. Shout out to Secret Labs. Got a Team Team Liquid Secret Labs chair. The, that was awesome. And shout out to you guys, longtime listener. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. And, and it's glad to hear that you uh, purchased an Alienware. Always nice to hear. Thanks so much for the call. All right. Off to the next caller, Marcos. Uh, all right. We got Inuber. Thank you for the six months. Oh, we. I think I shot him at spawn. Barn Nickel. Thank you for the six. Guiden TV for 30. Clock Cruncher. There's the 10 gifted subs. Uh, and then also gifted a sub to Mark. Munizel gifted a sub to Jensen. Congratulations, Jensen, on your sub. Uh, wow. I'm sure one of the bigger achievements in, in your esports career. That's huge. Draw, draw Blake for six. Ventus official 39. Mark Tater. Uh, Grahambino. Thank you all for the subs. We got Nelson here. Nelson, where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling for um, Singapore. Singapore. Okay. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to ask Jensen, like, does he, does he think coaches the coaches he had right in the past like did they impact him well in a positive way or at least help him like improve on his game um yeah i mean for sure um i think reaper helped me the most um maybe that was because it was like early parts of my career but there is for sure like important things that i took away yeah um Mm-hmm. For 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 audio oh, listeners say, who may not know, yeah, uh, Travis didn't really acknowledge who our caller is. Uh, I'm waiting. To, I wanted to see what Jensen's react Jensen's reaction was going to be, and Jensen. I was going to sneak in a general question about LEC and what Nelson thought about LEC kicking off. Okay, I mean, uh, Jensen, did you know that this was a G two coach Nelson? Oh no, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to pump you for information on NA coaches. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, that's where we are. Well, maybe maybe we could expand the conversation a little bit to be like, Jensen, what do you think makes a good coach? Ah, uh, that's coaching is like such a weird topic, right? Because there's so many things that can do that can either be good or negative. Um, but I think you know, accommodating to how the player is, weaknesses and strength, and help them work on their weaknesses. I think you have to identify what your player's strengths are, and then you work on those, and then you figure out their weaknesses and help them with them. I think those are like the most important things, in my opinion. And then, I mean, obviously being good at facilitating discussions is really important too. But 
I mean, nowadays there's so many like different type of coach positions, right? And analysts that helps with one thing or another, but I still don't know if like there's like a team that has figured out what works the best. Cause for me, it's always been like different how everything runs. Nelson, maybe, uh, or caller caller, maybe I can throw it back to you. What do you think makes a good coach in esports? At, at least, you know, from my experience, which I had when I was in DFL, basically there's only one or two coaches who handled everything, you know, so he would know how to set up drakes, like set up dragon, set up Baron, how to puff, how to play our lane. And those two coaches have to do everything for all the players. And of course, right, the, the coaches which I worked with before, they're all like, at least for now, they were, they are top four in LPL. So they, they, they should be correct. Gotcha. Um, on that topic, that sounds more like, you know, these coaches are handling a lot of strategy, whereas I've heard, at least in popular community, and sometimes even from players themselves, that, you know, like a lot of coaches in, in esports they prefer were like more almost personality managers in some sense and making sure that everything's harmonious and that like you're facilitating discussion and this kind of stuff. Do you think that that is, would ever be enough? Or do you think that like the coaching staff should also have opinions on this is how you actually really should approach Dragon and should be more of an actual six, six voice on, on strategy? I, I think most, it depends, right? It depends on what, what team you're coaching on. Like if you're coaching one of the best teams in the world, then of course there's a discussion. But if you're not, then there's no, there's no other way. Because probably the coach came from somewhere else, playing from a better region, better team. And I, I don't think there should be another option. Unless, of course, it doesn't work right. But yeah, if it works, then at least players should give it a fair try, I suppose. And also the, the coaches, which I know, they handle both, like both the like personal issues, I guess, or like the players' morale and the in-game as well, you know, which is why I feel like in NA, maybe everyone is like too overstaffed. So mm -hmm. there's no like connectivity, you know, between the staff. There's too, we have too many coaches, too many analysts, you're saying. Yeah. And you're not sure like what's happening. Right. Jensen, like, if, you had to, sure uh, Jensen if you had to cut the team liquid staff, uh, by 50%, who would you fire? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Nelson, uh, if if uh, Team Liquid makes it to Worlds this year, based off of what you've seen from them so far, uh, how do you, how far do you think they're going to do, and how do you think they'll match up against LEC? I mean, they can beat LEC for sure, right? Other than G2, but... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's hard for this year. At least from what I see from both regions, there could be a chance where it's like four LPL, three LCK, and someone else. Yeah. In in the top yeah. sixteen, it top eight. Only one team's getting out of groups in all the NA and EU. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> oh, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nelson. Thank you so much for for calling it. This was a pleasant surprise. Are you? Sorry, I, I haven't been keeping up a little bit with the, your situation. I know, obviously, you ended up joining up with G2, but are you remote for a very long time? Is there a plan that you might make it over at some point in, uh, during the split? I'm just waiting for my visa. Should gotcha. be here soon. Cool. Well, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Yeah, I mean, like, thanks to Travis and Mark for your hot tub streams. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, thanks to Jensen as well for answering my question, you know, and then help me help me say hi to Oliver. And uh-huh. yep. And you know, shout out to G two, you know. Everyone can go to G two esports.com slash shop. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you, Nelson, for the call. Really appreciate it. Fun, pleasant surprise, and we'll catch you next time. Cool. That was fun. I uh no, I didn't I did not know that until he said Singapore, that's when I knew um, that it was that it was him. But it was very funny before then. Uh, Draw Blink, thank you for the resub. Ventus official, 39 months. Mark Tater, oh, uh, Honest Dragon HD. D9 gifted five subs out. Uh, Einscrub Vaults, Jassy P. Uh, Ro- Robert Toe for 36 months, three years. Thank you. Uh, and then also gifted some to Alfari. Uh, Boulder Michael resubbed, uh, Dr. Tony, Fish Sticks, and, oh, Dr. Tony with a tier two, Fish Sticks, and then Cowardly Fool. Okay, everybody, I gotta stop. We'll read out more. You guys are all suddenly spamming me all at once, but we got Lobodo here. Lobodo, where are you calling from? Uh, Fairborn, Ohio. Ohio. Where in Ohio? Fairborn? Uh, yeah, it's just off of Dayton by the, the Air Force Base, gotcha. over where the aliens are. Oh, is that, I didn't realize that there were aliens. I thought that was a New Mexico thing. Are real? Uh, Area 52 is in uh, Wright Pat. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. Yeah, we got, uh, the, we got the spaceships. I was just having an Ohio conversation. So uh, on Saturday night, Medios had a a get-together of, of people for his birthday. And I was talking to Captain Flowers about Ohio and learning about where he's from because he, he, he and I did an interview, but he didn't tell me what city. And so I was learning about Ohio from him. Either way, oh, what do you want? Captain's from Ohio? What's that? He's from Captain's from Ohio. Yeah, Captain Flowers is from Ohio. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you uh, want to talk about on the show? Yeah. So uh, I uh, the hot take is that the players' personalities are the worst part of the LCS, uh, and so there are a few things. Uh, I think the f- big two points are the negativity that uh, certain players, like potentially the co-streaming ones, uh, bring. I think it just perpetuates some of the negativity around NA and like, I don't want to stay on that topic too much because I think obviously everyone's got their own opinions on that. Um, I think the bigger part of it is just players have no personalities. They're so goddamn boring. Uh, like I want to hear more from Blabber and I want, like, I, I think Jensen is, I think he, he speaks his mind and I think he he says his opinions, but I still think there's more personality you can put into these players. Like, uh, and so my quote unquote fixes are obviously less PR answers. Like, so many answers are like, I'm just thinking about the next game. I'm just you know down head head down. We're working towards whatever win next. And I, as a fan, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear about, you know, how they're going to crush, you know, X person on the other team because they don't think they're very good. They think they're going to dominate the lane because, you know, X person's laning sucks or this guy always chokes in the big moments. You know, I want a level of friendships and rivalries to become more public. Um, and I think especially with, like, the newer players coming in, it, it, it makes it even harder because, you know, I think... Uh, organizations shield them a lot. I think they are not obligated to do much, you know, public relations. And I think in terms of esports, it really, that's the biggest thing esports lacks from regular sports is uh, even though everyone's on Twitter, 
Yeah, yeah. Even though everyone's on Twitter, it doesn't feel like there's as much personality to each individual player. Just want to say Mark pulled this caller, not me. Uh, just before anyone accuses me of of pulling what? a call that is very relevant to a lot of things that I feel sometimes. Well, that's I. That's why I pulled it. I thought you no, care I'm about glad, this. No, I'm glad. I just I don't want people to think like, oh, Travis is running a show off of uh, opinions or frustrations he has about. All right. Let's break it down. Part one, the negative attitudes of co-streamers and stuff and like the NA fucking sucks. I have a you know, general sentiment. I have a side tangent for this this part, for the, the watch party stuff. Well, I was going to try let Jensen answer first if he feels like, does this, is this something that he's noticed or, or anything? Does that have any impact? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't watch the like, I assume this is mostly about like the co-streamers, right? That they say NA is bad and whatnot, but... They're highly I mean, critical. I, yeah, I mean, I personally don't care about it too much. I imagine, like, you know, if there were people who would, like, co-stream EU or something, they would probably say the same thing. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think it's just, you know, when you see everything from, like, the full perspective with, like, you see full vision and everything, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to judge people and be like, wow, like, that was bad, which, you know, it, it probably is true. So I think it's fine, to be honest. I don't, I don't mind it too much. Could I give one counterpoint to that? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's not necessarily, like, obviously, you can point out all the mistakes. I think the bigger issue that I have with it, uh, and I also, I, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think this can get beat to death pretty quickly. Uh, but I think the issue is there's always a, already a lens that NA is bad. And especially on Reddit, which I guess is where I frequent mostly, I definitely feel that. So I think when you get the watch parties and people specifically pointing out all the mistakes versus the, the cast, which is, I think, more positive or at least I think a bit more fair um, in terms of the, the being critical, I think that's really where the issue stems from. I mean, I was watching a co-stream this weekend, I won't say which. Where they were literally just like one one of the the streamers said, "Please retire," about a player, um, and in the match, which I think is uh, perhaps a little strong. But yeah, I was it I, Jensen? Did he did he say it about Jensen? No, Who did he say it about? Did not say it about Jensen. I actually forget oh, which okay. player it was. It was a, uh, I think one of the on one of the one of the newer players actually. Ironically, one of the players that's been around for a bit but made it out of academy. I, I forget who. Oh yes, uh, somebody in the chat got it. Uh, somebody in the chat got Uplift. it. Uh, I'm not going to say who <laughs> said it, and I'm not going to say who they said it about, but people in the chat figured it out. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know if we need a, a situation, uh, and you know, regardless of if this person is my friend or not, I don't. I think it's probably not great when your your watch party folks are saying this player should retire um, <laughs> during the stream. But to Jensen's point, uh, that it is, it's tough because these are kind of like what this is like when we are at the studio and I am standing next to a player, maybe they don't say this player should retire, but they do say like, oh my God, what are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like they are authentic reactions. So um, it is a, it is an, an interesting situation. I don't know. I look, I agree with you caller that the, the watch party stuff sometimes gets a little too negative. I've appreciated um, watching a double of Sneaky and Minos, if only because I feel like they all kind of argue with each other sometimes. So when one of them calls out a player, 
maybe one of the other ones says, yeah, but if you think about it, like this might have been the situation, so it's a little bit more balanced, but yeah. Uh, on the watch party stuff, I do want to say I'm a little disappointed because I was watching DeMonte's stream today, and DeMonte was mentioning how he tried to get access to do the watch party stream and he got denied because I guess he didn't have enough viewership was the reason they told him. Uh, and he was told to like keep building his viewership. The problem with that is, is like you can't really stream against the LCS. So it's hard, I think, harder to build viewership when you are limited to building viewership only across four days of the week. Uh, and so I think, I think it's just a, a difficult situation. And he's actually somebody who I would love to see continue to create content. I mean, who's streaming like 750 people? I don't know if he got hosted, but I, I don't know. He's, he's another name that I would love to see part of the watch party stuff. So I, I just think it's disappointing that he was not able to get access to it. Um, anyway, Mark, should we move on to the next topic of this, which was like the players themselves don't exhibit much personality? Sure. So what do you think of that, Jensen? Because it, it I agree with the caller that we have way less personality from a lot of the pro players than we we used to. I mean, when you mm -hmm. first joined the league, I remember doing all sorts of goofy interviews. Players would like make a lot of jokes, make a lot of memes. Uh, and now it's, a, I, I sometimes feel like it's like pulling teeth to try to get a player to like joke around and not just give like an automated answer to a question. So I guess on the player side, one, do you think that's true? And two, why do you think it is that like players in the league are so more reserved in content than they used to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I for sure agree. I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, one, I mean, right now, it's hard to get a lot of content out uh, because of COVID, obviously. But, but even then, um, I think there is still a bit lack of content. Um, and then also, um, for some cases, I think there could be more content about like the player versus player matchup, um, where you like, you know, basically like LPL, they like make them trash talk each other basically. Right. And I think that would like force some personality out. And then I think, you know, especially with the newer players, they're like a bit more reserved, obviously they don't want to like be seen as, as the bad guy. Like, I think everyone remembers when Fudge did like his first interview, <laughs> I think a lot of people just immediately disliked him because of, um, something very. I, I don't remember what he said, but he said something that like pissed off a lot of people. Um, so I think, I think he just said like, that the all reasons the top why. were bad uh, or something. Yeah. yeah. And then Reddit is already like really fucking annoying to deal with. Like, I don't think yes, anyone likes yes, Reddit. So the comments they say is like kind of just repetitive and biased against certain people, me included, I think at least. Um, so it's just like, if you don't like people disliking you, then you're just, you're not going to say bad things or like trash talk other people because it'll just get worse on on that front i mean like you've always been someone who pretty much it feels like says what you think um mm -hmm. especially you know maybe not about everything but at least about like what you think of another player or a performance or something um have you ever felt the urge to pull back on that because of that kind of like reddit backlash or whatever like obviously the bjergsen or tsm thing from last split got memed to all hell but like i don't know if that ever gets to the point where you're like man fuck that why i'm just why'd i open my mouth i shouldn't have said that yeah i mean for sure i mean i i want to be who i am but it's like it always feels like at least like 80 percent of the people are like damn like you shouldn't have said that like fuck you like now we don't like you anymore and it's like oh, i guess i shouldn't have said it but it's like 
I think people appreciate people who are outspoken, but the the comments are always there's always going to be more negative people than positive people in the comments. I think so. It just looks worse than it in reality is, in my opinion. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's hard for people to like. I, I guess for people like me who just want to be upfront and straightforward and not like beat the bush around, just just say how we feel because it feels like there's more people that dislike it than like it. Yeah, I mean, even even if volume wise there's not more people saying kill yourself like a couple dms like that stick in your mind a lot more or like a, a comment that's like this is why jensen always sucks he always talks shit and can't back it up oh, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. just viscerally when you read that sticks out more than just like i'm glad he said that and then you like you know like those kinds of things never it just feels lopsided even if Ma it's not mark just ignore those people don't you understand you should just ignore comments like that just don't take them seriously. Why would you let them get to you? Mm. Why Why are you getting upset that people are writing, you know, a narrative about you on Reddit that's getting a lot of upvotes, you know? No, just ignore them. Who cares? Just ignore them. Uh, I think that's the, other, that's uh, the, the automatic response. Anytime anybody ever tries to talk about this stuff, like, folks who have never been in this situation before because they don't have, like, a public-facing job or they don't do the content stuff all come out of the woodwork to let you know how you should just magically feel differently and just change your ability to perceive like fault you know false narratives being said this about is, you online this is why i am so fucking down to quote retweet dumbasses on twitter flaming if you make if you have a bad take but it's like a question or it's like you know feels like your intent is good behind it then i wouldn't do this to you but anyone who flames me i quote retweet uh, and I'm like, have a taste, see what it's like. And yeah. for that exact reason, because people think, oh, you have a glass jaw, but you just watch people tuck their tails between their legs when you quote retweet them. Well, and then they get really it's offended so and they go like, oh, you sent your you use your audience, people. you yes. sent your army. It's like, no, you're a fucking idiot. And <laughs> I just made it known, it's like that yes. wasn't me. I, I didn't well, say that. I didn't type that on your keyboard. I feel so. I feel less. So one, if somebody says something like really offensive in a DM, I'm gonna be a lot less like. I, I'm going to not have any whatever. If somebody says something silly in a DM and it's private, that's one thing. When people make very public statements on Twitter, like if it's a public tweet at you, I'm like, you have just publicly proclaimed this to the world, essentially. That's on, why I don't feel Twitter. bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't snip DMs or anything. I, right. I actually find DMs very easy to ignore because... Right. Like no, no one else is interacting with them. But like sometimes a comment just like keeps showing up in your fucking feed because yeah. like people are interacting with it, and that's the one where I'm like, yeah. I'm and then and then it's like, oh, how dare you? Uh, I don't. Know. This has just become Mark and I complaining about yeah. being internet personalities. <laughs> but it is it is very frustrating, and I think uh, I somewhat I somewhat envy pro players on the fact that I know you guys kind of have to think about what folks think of you, Jensen. But on the other hand, I, you can't, you don't, you won't perform worse in the LCS because a bunch of people came and disliked your video on the YouTube channel. Whereas like for me, I create content, it'll get like mass down dislikes on YouTube. My algorithm gets fucked. And so it's like people accuse you folks are creators of being very biased. Oftentimes I think we have to be biased towards the audience because if you say something people don't like, they will impact your ability to uh, generate revenue. And I'm not talking about like cancel culture either. I'm just talking about like if I said, 
you know, TSM oh, I think, ass. yeah, TSM sucks. And then all the TSM fans are like, I fucking, I'm going to dislike, or I'm going to downvote everything that Travis posts online. Um, That's the Thorin approach. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Anyway. Uh, um, I have a question. Topic. About that, though, is like, I also feel like the interaction between player and content creator usually sucks. Like, a couple times Jensen has said, like, this power ranking blows that, like, I've made or, you know, like, whatever it is. And I never care about that. That, like, a, a player says, you know, you know, they meme, they meme a power ranking or whatever. I'll just go, I'll have a discussion or whatever about it. It's it's actually, like, the, the rest of the community's blowback usually to it that makes it annoying. Um, and I assume it's equally annoying for pro players because I feel like what always happens is there's, like, this one crowd that feels like they have this trump card that's like, well, your job's to shut up and play. And, like, I never want anyone, like, I hate when I see that because I'm like, no, I want the pro players to interact with the content that we're making and, like, sharing their thoughts if they think it was a good or a bad list or whatever. And I, like, I've always appreciated when Jensen has put, has said, like, whether it's a broadcast element or something, you know, like, that thought. Because a lot of people don't don't want to touch it because it's just going to spark a controversy. But I don't know. I'd rather that than, than nothing. Jensen, can you start shitting on more things that Mark says on the broadcast? He appreciates <laughs> we'll do, it. that in mind. <laughs> yeah. He wants it. Uh, that's It's something he thinks is good. I'm sure we got some yeah. tier lists coming up on the broadcast, so get ready. Yeah. I'll be ready. Where are you going to rank Jensen? You should you should rank him last on any tier yeah. list uh, just to, to get to call back to the That's not believable. I have to put him, like, fourth, which is just enough of a snub to probably piss him off, but but people would think I actually think put, that. Put him below Abadaga. Yeah, that's a good one. Put him below Abadaga. <laughs> yeah, that him. one would get me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you lose your matchup this weekend on Sunday, I don't oh, know. Right. I, that's yeah, what's this clip go everywhere, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, either way, I I don't know. It's I hate it. I wish that uh, I wish that we had more vocal pros. I don't blame them for for trying to shy away from that stuff, but it's uh, it is it is a, a stark contrast from the old days where I think there was just a lot more fun, wild stuff going on. Uh, Loboto, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, I want to shout out uh, the 2018 C9, uh, especially Jensen, uh, on that run for uh, for Worlds. That was the first year I started watching pro play, and I, I mean, it made me a C9 fan for life and a Jensen fan. So wait, uh, is I, that is that the split where he had 50 more kills than the next closest person? I don't think so. It was, I, I mean, it's the one where one. they make quarters. I think, I think, I think I've, 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 I've always heard about that split, but I never got a chance to see it. I don't think. I, I bring it up every time I can about how Jensen was robbed. <laughs> about like, I'm Mark. like, how the fuck do you, like, he had 350 kills and the next person is cl the closest person at three, uh, 300. He was like 20% more kills than the next closest person. I'm like, how do you, how do you not get MVP that split? It's, uh, it's a popularity contest. Yeah, Mark, Mark trying time. to do damage control right now with Jensen after everything he just said. Uh, what? No, uh, I'm just saying. I know I'm teasing. I thought teasing. I thought that's what the caller was shouting out because yeah, that was yeah. going to big. Plus oh one. no! I just what I, I think the run was the the making of the quarterfinals, the three zero against Afrika, even if it wasn't necessarily the cleanest three zero, which is a weird thing to say. 
Uh, and then also shout out to the Griffin players, minus Tord. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I really hope they, <laughs> I hope they find success. Like I'm rooting for Tarzan and Chovy and them because they uh, like the same year they blew up on the scene and it kind of was a shame to see them all uh, fall apart and fall away from each other. Um, and yeah, I'm really, I really hope to see more players, you know, making content with each other, like, you know, bantering with each other. And that getting showcased on air, because I think that's a huge part that's really lacking the LCS. So uh, anyway, have a good night. Thanks so much for the call. Thank you. We'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Game Fuel. Thank you so much to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. I am very dangerously low on Game Fuel. I just had to put a new request in uh, for them because my fridge has, has run down to a point where I've just, I can't afford to uh, keep it full uh and so we're gonna we're gonna get a restock coming in soon but i really appreciate everything that gamefield does uh to support us and i would love it if you guys could help support their support of this show if you like the show if you're listening to it and you're like golly gee i've listened to this show for many years and i have an above average opinion of it i know it's not going to be an amazing opinion but like above average maybe you can go to the the link in the description of the youtube video or the link i just put into chat and try out Game Fuel. Just a case, try a variety pack. They have uh, some zero sugar options for you. Those are the ones that Mark likes to drink. And uh, you could try that variety pack if you're looking for something that is uh, a little tamer on the calories. Either way, you can do that. And when you check out, please, please, please use code Travis to save 5%. Uh, and if it isn't available in your part of the US, maybe it's outside of the shipping range or whatever, you can use that Amazon link that we put in the description as well because that that also helps. And then when you do, please tweet at Gamefield because they love it. I mean, I by the way, I, I'm not gonna say who, but like there's any, we, we were just talking to a new sponsor this week, uh, potentially for something in the future. And what I was hearing again, it's just like people with the Hotline League audience, you guys shout stuff out. When you let uh, Gamefield know the stuff, they see the tweets and all that stuff, it's incredibly helpful. So. Thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. And if you want to support Gamefield supporting us, you can do so at the link in the video description or in the Twitch chat. Thank you so much, uh, Gamefield. All right, Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yes, sir. Gamekai says, Gamefield good for pre-workout. I have not tried it, but I think some other people have. Actually, I, I got a, a case for Sloan and uh, my friend, and she was using it uh, for pre-workout, and she said she liked it. So maybe that's... It's pretty good. I need to. I need to start working out again. Tom Shu, Tom Shu, where are you calling from? Uh, what's up, y'all? Uh, calling from uh, Washington D.C. Did you get a new microphone? Uh, did I? Does it sound better? Does it sound worse? It sounds better, but you also sound older. Uh, I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> well, I, congratulations. I, I didn't have. A, I did have a lot to drink last week so maybe uh oh boy okay he's dropping the voice down for jensen yeah exactly yeah. Hey, what's up what's up bro yeah what's up, dude <laughs> Tom, <clears throat> what do you want to talk about on the show uh so yeah i'll get to my used to pop off in a minute uh but before i want to talk about um my actual take and it's not necessarily about the alfari benching i'm gonna start okay, a 45 second timer for you starting now Okay, but it's more so about well, not well. It's more so about the uh, I would say the the Yasui and the uh, the pretty substitutions, and more how we need to start getting away from 
the actual stigma around a player being benched. Because I know it seems like in the West, we kind of have this thing around benching in that we're essentially saying that the player doesn't want to, I mean, the team doesn't want to play with that player anymore, or that player is bad, or they're having attitude issues, or they just generally suck in general. And we're, we're starting to see in Reddit, I can see, I saw when they had the announcement of, you know, of, of Yasui starting in Sligo and Academy, like there was a lot of surprise over like, hey, bro, like what the fuck is going on? I thought Sligo was doing good. And, and people were just generally reacting with incredulity and not not really like taking into account the the actual reasons okay. behind why I they would make a substitution. And seconds. the same could be and the same could go so for pretty, right? For and it kind of uh, give me and they, and it goes and I know in the wet Okay. So <laughs> you Tom, muted him. I muted him. I gave him forty-five <laughs> seconds, and then I and then I actually gave him a minute. I gave him an I gave him an extra third of that, so uh, he knew ahead of time. All right. <laughs> is, this, is this a known call that that's this every time? Tom Shu has long opinions. He'll let you go. He he will go as long as you let him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. So uh, I will unmute Tom Shu now. Let's see if he's okay. Um, so, okay, I'm just kidding. Um, He's still going. <laughs> Didn't even notice. So we so there's a stigma against benching players. We should do a better job of uh, opening that up. You know what's Wait. interesting is I will I will say that I have an interview with Giotto that people can uh, check out where he he talked a lot about how he sort of hates the situation right now where the only time a player in academy can get fielded. It's not necessarily about if they're playing well, if they're having a great time, blah, blah, blah. They just have to hope that something like, you know, the player above them starts screaming at people or just starts failing miserably. And so that, like, the only time you ever see another player show up is when somebody else has just absolutely failed at their job. And I think it's an interesting point. Like, I, I also kind of get the idea of, like, yeah, you do want to field the best player to get, to get these wins. But I think it is also a very unfortunate circumstance that the downside of that is that, like, you like any time benching players is always going to sound terrible when the only reason you do it is for behavioral or performance issues, never because somebody else is doing really well. So I, I think you raise a very valuable point, Tom Shue. And then I think there's a discussion to be had about like whether or not that is practical. So I'm going to throw to Mark, who was the coach previously uh, to, to ask him before we get to Jensen about what you think of this. Like, should we be, is it bad that benching is considered so bad and only been, you know, traditionally used in these something has gone horribly wrong situations? Uh, I mean, it's really weird to talk about um, benching when so many people, like from a traditional sports background, because a lot of substitutions and things happen for like physical reasons. Like, oh, I need a break or I need, um, you know, like I can't play the entire game. You sub someone out for a little bit in league. I mean, burnout aside, there are not real limitations for why a player needs to get taken out. Um, and the only reason you would are these two reasons because player is underperforming attitude issues, whatever it is. And the other option would be to give someone some experience on stage. Um, and because there's so many more narrow reasons it it feels like and because like i said you're probably way more concerned about your starting roster than like developing talent in any like i think a lot of orgs are that it has become synonymous like a substitution has become synonymous with a bad thing 
Yeah, um, and it's it's very easy to assume. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like back in back in season four or season five, when when you know when we were initially like in the early days of LCS, like when people were actually getting benched. Uh, was it usually, it usually tended to be more of a team decision rather than, you know, judgment coming up from on high or the head coach says, oh, we're going to bench this guy and start this guy. Like, am I correct? Uh, pretty much. I mean, at least, uh, early on, I mean, like I was one of the first people to be staff. Um, like there were not many people back then. So like everything was player run. And then even for like example, Piglet um situation that we were part of you know like that wasn't just like me and peter zang being like let's do this it was you know a lot of players having issues and you know feeling like you had to do something hence the term breaking point <laughs> that they stuck with for for the for the second one that i was not a part of um but like i think a lot of the times it's at least when i was coaching it was not like an on high decision it was very much like a hey you know this is you're as the not necessarily leaders in like a importance perspective, but like at least in terms of the people organizing a lot of things, you're the ones who are seemingly making the decisions. And sometimes you're doing that to protect players from other players' opinions. So that way that bridge can be mended better in the future. Um, if, you know, you don't have to say like, well, this player thinks you're playing like shit. So it's, it's very easy to come to that conclusion because now when, since usually most most of these benchings tend to be a team decision. Now it's generally the team essentially getting together and saying that, hey, we don't want to play with this person anymore. And it's it's very hard to, you know, rebuild that trust after it's kind of been broken. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that I'll say from the outside looking in at the TL situation, for example, or even the C9 one. Like, I don't know really why these players were benched. Like, it could be that coaching had an issue and the, co the staff didn't like some things and made these decisions. Or it could be that jat is tanking the heat for example because it was more of a team decision and same way with the c9 coaching staff being like well we're not going to say anything publicly really other than like one max waldo thing that that was shown in that one video you know and this way people don't have to worry about public perception or even sometimes um you know interpersonal conversations that would happen if, if you started to air what went down and why x person was benched all right, Jensen, and, it's your time. What do you think of this? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I agree. The stigma around it is is really bad. Usually, um, I mean, I I was a part of getting benched <laughs> myself once, and I mean, when it happened to me, like, uh, it it for sure like breached trust. Um, I think the reason like for it to happen has to be like you know really valid, and there has to be like, I guess warning signs that like things are not working out and it has to like just from like an ideal situation right like there has to be like if something is not working out it has to be talked about that like hey like these things aren't getting better like we need to work on these these things um because it's serious and then if it doesn't get better then i think it warrants a benching or if you want to put it nicer a promoting um for the academy player that's the new spin right? they but always try to put on it these days by the way it's like they don't talk about the LCS player that's getting benched. They talk yeah. about the academy player exactly. that's getting promoted. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, I think I think it's justified if like an academy player is playing really really well. But I think it's also rare that academy players are better than the starting LCS players because I mean, if you look at the the teams or like the rosters, they're usually like pretty stacked with like a lot of like really really good players. Um, so usually 
if a benching or something were to happen, I would imagine it would be like if the person or player has problems of some kind, and that's when the academy players only really get a chance, which is, I guess, kind of by luck in some situations. Um, but yeah, uh, it's. What do you I think? Okay. A lot of it. Is, it well, I, I was going to ask Jensen what Mark. Fine, go for it. No, no, no. no. You, okay. you can go. I'll, I'll go after. Um, I was going to ask. We are now in a system wherein your spring split record carries over to summer. You mm -hmm. the top eight teams make it into playoffs, and then and then there's a double elim bracket in those playoffs, and so I guess like I I worry I'm curious one is there a world where like people put too much emphasis on winning or losing or the the places where people are in the rankings especially in the beginning of summer because it doesn't matter that much as long as you are the better team come playoffs. And, and you know, on that end, if Jack came to you at the start of summer and said, like, to all the, the players on the team, like, hey, ever, like, each of you, there's going to be, like, a Friday that you don't play or two Fridays that you don't play, or maybe they pick it based off of the team that they're facing each week or something like that. But, like, every week there's at least one game wherein, like, there's a player that's subbed in or whatever – would that just be the worst thing in the world? I mean, it might be. I, I'm, I'm asking honestly because maybe you're hearing that and that sounds disgusting to you and you want to vomit. But I, <laughs> I'm just kind of curious. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I think the progress you make as a team, you learn the most on the LCS days. Um, I think, but but I do think if like an academy player has been playing outstandingly, they they deserve a chance in my opinion. But it would also they would also have to be a problem with the main starter i think um for it to really be justified unless like you know like it's literally like faker in academy who's just like you know smurfing every game and it's clearly like better than his peers then i think i think it makes sense you should you should field the best um starting roster people yeah, are and... using the word competitive integrity guys i don't think you know what that word means when you use it um i i I guess it sounds like from your perspective, and sorry, Mark, I'm just going to say this. It sounds like from your perspective, there's no way to fix this. Like, because you're mentioning even in this scenario, it should only be done when the starter is having some sort of performance issue. Um, and uh, so it's just sort of like we're, we're just doomed to the circle of like, you'll never see it. You should never see a player in the LCS unless. No, no, I, I, I think, I think if an Academy player is, is really outstanding and this, the starter on the main team is not performing up to his peers, then why not? Then gotcha. it, sh it should happen for sure. But I think my point was that mostly, I think in most cases, the LCS players are better than the academy players. Um, so it is it is rare that it would happen unless there's like actual issues. Um, but, but there will be some outliers, right? Like some academy players uh, could be better than the LCS starters. Yeah. And then they should get a chance. Like there's no reason not to. Um, but, but but the reason not to, I guess, is it has a really bad stigma that you like get, I guess, benched, right? So yeah. it's it's very risky to do. I just think yeah. it'd be cool if if we could get away from that stigma because, again, yeah. like there's I, so, these games are so they matter so much less now. They matter, and I get you learn a lot from them. But like, yeah. I mean, on the the stigma point, like I feel like with the way Immortals properly communicated that like, hey, this is not a punishment for insanity. Pretty's been playing well. We want to use him. Like, I felt like that was not, I don't think anyone looked at that and was like, man, 
insanity sucks and this is why they're doing it like i i think as long as the org does a good job communicating it i don't really think that stigma exists i just think that it happens so rarely that you just don't even think about those instances like i can't even i'm trying to think of another time when this promotion uh, that, thing happened that, that, that well one... that was way back remember when Sinan and like promoted their academy team i think they played against golden guardians and then like keith ended up getting a double kill and carrying that game this was like back season nine Remember that they remember they played their academy team in the LCS one time. Well, that was kind of just for fun, I think. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it still can be considered essentially a reward for the you know for the academy team. Like, hey, you guys have been doing a great job, so we'll reward you with yeah, some. Yeah, I mean, stage time. Yeah, but that's, that's exactly a bit my different, point. right? Than than an actual promotion. Oh, 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 oh I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if we're talking about like total like you're you're just the permanent starter now. Uh, it, it can be in any context, whether it's, hey, we're allowing you to get some stage experience versus, hey, we want you to be the full-time starter. And it can go the other way, too. Like, you know, say if we have, like, a, a bottom team and, you know, you're definitely not going to go anywhere this split. Like, is it going to hurt for them to, you know, try out some of your academy guys and just essentially just, you know, see what you have? I know a lot of, I know a lot of tanking teams in the traditional sports do that. That's uh, that's definitely one that I feel like definitely feels bad for for pro players. But if I was in a GMing slash coaching position and we were like, you know, ninth tenth place, I would probably try players on stage and you know try and communicate to the starters that we signed at the start of the year that like, hey, this is not indicative against you guys. It's just like, you know, we're not winning worlds. We're not we're not going to worlds. We're not probably winning a championship. Um, but you know people like are are humans and they're going to have thoughts about that um which does circle back to one of the things i did want to pick jensen's brain about a little bit because he talked about like when he went through his situation with cloud nine back then that there was this a bit of a breach of trust it felt like and not giving ample warning um if the community and some people had the opinion that like but it fired you up right um do you feel like there was any component of that where the you know the almost negative feelings and connotations that came with it did inspire better play? I, I don't think so. I think, you know, having like a one-on-one -on -one talk where it's like, yo, like if you don't improve on these things, like we will have to like make changes regarding you or like bench you potentially. I think that would like pretty much give the same message, but like wouldn't breach the trust, right? Because mm. like I still, the only thing it did to me was like, okay, like I need to make the best out of this year and then I'm out. Like that that's kind of like the message I got. Uh, from it tom shu thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller i didn't even get to talk about yasui what the well, fuck this is your moment uh, okay uh well two things uh first of all like i want to go back to that previous give you two about minutes. how players have no personality and yeah they would have some personality if you didn't lose your fucking mind over every little bit of banter like it's like are you are you serious like you can't make a, a joke or like say any player is bad anymore without the the fans of that specific team like acting like you basically burned down their village like the longer you uh, talk about somebody else's take children. i'm going to subtract time from you so killed their like killed their killed their children and like uh freaking salted their land like it's absolutely ridiculous like maybe if you didn't freak 45. the fuck out, you did. would be you wouldn't. Ten, they wouldn't even do it. Okay. Nine. So how about how about fucking Yasui and how he absolutely and he looked. He went out there and he looked like he belonged, and it was it was freaking fantastic to watch. 
I want to give a shout out to all the Yasui stands out there. Like, I don't need to name names. Like, you know who you are, and uh, I appreciate all of you. And uh, but uh, I know, like, some of those games looked a little rough. But I want you to know that they also they weren't his fault. Like, some of those some of those hey. level one some of those level ones were were pretty rough. Like, and I know one game was from like Dardock running it down, and the other one was from like the uh, I Jim, think it was so that, that weird level one lane swap. He was fucking amazing. I mean, what do you mean? Uh, hey, 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 Jensen, what, have you scrimmed against Yasui? You quaking in your boots? Yasui you? sucks. Let's move on. Okay, <laughs> no, Tom, no, thank no, you so no, much for the call. No, but he doesn't know. We'll Jensen doesn't, doesn't know anything. Jensen has spoken. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the call. Mark's off to grab the last caller. Uh, where were we? Uh, Boater Michael, thank you for the 31 months. Dr. Tony. For the tier two, Cowardly Fool, Rackaway, uh, LaCrosette, Fatila, Ollie One for the 18 months, Penetration, Arvigs, uh, Hikari, 100 Talkpod, thank you for the raid. And we got our next caller here, our last caller, Tom S. Not to be confused with Tom Shu, I assume. Tom S., where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand. Okay. If this is actually Tom Shu on a separate Discord account, You've mastered the, <laughs> uh, the accent. I'm very impressed. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so I had a question for Jensen. Um, I wanted to ask him, who are the players that he's played with that have helped him the most improve in his career? And who made the biggest impact on him in his career, like, kind of combined? Ooh, that's a tough one. Player that has impacted me the most. Impact? I guess teammates, sorry. Ah, that's <laughs> a hard one, actually. Um, I, I mean, I like both, actually. Teammate and competition, you know? Well, for competition, it would for sure be Bjergsen. I think that's an easy one. He mm -hmm. was always the most consistent, and yeah, you'd, you could always learn something. Um, and for teammate, hmm. Man, that's do a hard we need one. To, do we need to not include your current teammates just to make sure that you stay on uh, good terms <laughs> oh, with those guys? Yeah. We can... We can exclude the current four if uh, if that helps, because I do see Core JJ in the chat, so I'm a little. He's lurking. Core JJ. Oh, it's Core JJ. Of course, it's Core JJ. Excluding the current ones. Excluding the current. Ones. Okay. Okay. Excluding the current ones. Um, I mean, it'll probably have to be a jungler, I think, because those are like the ones I work the most with on this. Yeah. Um. I'd probably say. I'd probably say blabber. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. How much, uh, so like when he first started coming onto the scene, you know, like a lot of people, and part of it was, I think the mic checks that C9 put out about like him being a, a brain off player and just like taking mm -hmm. fights. Do you think that was ever a fair characterization of him? Like, did he grow from that? Or was that mostly just memes that like took too much root? Um, I think, I think there was some, some truth to it. Like, you know, he would, you know, he'd play Kindred and like, you know, normally when you think of Kindred, right, it's like, you know, you have like Braum or something and Braum goes in first, but he would always be the guy to like start the fights. And yeah. <laughs> it kind of gave me like a new perspective on like how you just could play League of Legends in general. Um, you know, anyone can actually just start to fight if if you see the <laughs> angles. And yeah, I mean, he was just, he was, he was crazy, but it was a good crazy. Do you, there's always a lot of talk about, it's like interesting hearing you say that because it feels like everyone always talks about how passive NA plays and NA's got a bunch of passive players compared to other regions and stuff like that so i'm 
I'm wondering if you said like he kind of gave you the new per- the perspective anybody could pick the fight. Like, do you think he kind of stands alone or is one of the few people in North America who's willing to play maybe as aggressive as some of these other regions have have players playing? Like, is that part of it? Is he just like playing league as aggressively as perhaps you know an LPL or LEC team? Uh, I mean, he is he is Chinese, right? So there's there's got to be something <laughs> to it there. Uh, the I don't really know. I mean, yeah, it's. He 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 is a guy that just is more crazy than than other players in NA for sure. Yeah, um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's it's fun always. Yeah. Um, you kind of made it seem like it had to be a jungler when you're talking about person you learn the most with and because how closely you played. Do you think like mm-hmm. in general players don't help each other on an in, like obviously when you're in a VOD review and people are talking about. We should do this. We should do that. You know, you're learning macro, but individually, not much like that you're picking up from teammates. Given that no one, none of them are mid laners. I mean, I don't want to sound like too arrogant, but I feel like as a mid laner, you kind of have to understand the map the most or the best to really play mid lane. So, I think it's hard for me to like really like learn new things about other lanes that can actually like benefit me. Right? Like, I mean, there I could learn stuff about like how like a certain matchups like small details work but really i don't really need to know those things i just need to know like oh when can we dive top like when when are the waves gonna stack like i just need to know like matchup things once the game starts there's not really like concepts about like top lane or bot lane that i really really need to learn um so it's it's only really related to jungle um or maybe maybe even supports right like knowing when support can help me or we can do things together. Those are like only the really big things, but I think mid laners are most connected to junglers and that's just the thing you have to understand the most. And there's there's nobody who ever has sort of in VOD reviews or outside like talking about macro, like, oh, this is the way we can play the game or like, here's how we can change this. I mean, I, I remember we were talking earlier that Caller shouted out the, the world's performance you guys had. And I remember, was it Vitality, the team that you guys played against that yeah. was playing really aggressive that like you know kind of changed the way that you guys played like i don't know if there have been moments like that where you've had somebody on your team who is able to just say like who helps the team play in a wildly different way not just because of their mechanics or them picking fights like blabber but also just like no no, no here's like the plan or here's the comp or here's like the the way we're going to approach these matches maybe oh, it just doesn't I mean, work like that there's there is for sure like different like things or concepts I've picked up from different teammates. You know, like you know, for example, Core, like when he came over to NA, like he would like tell us about the concepts he learned and how to do those things. So I mean for sure there's things that I picked up from different teammates just overall. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's hard to really remember like the big ones that really stand out, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a good question, I, and I appreciate your answer. We don't need to spend too much more time on it since I know that you've been here for quite some time, and I really appreciate it. Tom, is there uh, anything you want to shout out before we uh, wrap up the show? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. just thanks to you guys, and thanks to Jensen. I actually um, met both you guys in 2018 when I went to watch LCS at the studio, and I saw Jensen after the game. He just picked Zillion, and he was on my one trick, and I asked him, what can you teach me about Zillion? And he just said, just land your bombs. And... <laughs> And that was like, um, it actually, it got me a scholarship to university playing mid lane, and I basically won Trixillion that whole time. So, wait, I'm gonna give it to him. He Korean advised you into getting a college scholarship. 
Yep. Damn. Yep. This sounds just like land a... bombs. It's it's actually the, it's actually the best strat. Just land bombs and land ult. That's just like as somebody's gonna die. That's like the two strats. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. If, if you had that power, gents, you should have told them something more, even more <laughs> useful. Like, right. just just become a surgeon. Just yeah. become a, imagine, a lawyer. Imagine what our caller could have achieved had had you given him even more. Yeah, my bad. Uh, no. Thanks you so couldn't have given me any advice on any more exciting champion than Zillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Tom, for the call. Uh, congratulations on the scholarship. Years later. Cheers, guys. See ya. Bye. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, I, Twitch chat had a good point. You should have given him the game fuel caller of the night. Uh, true, true. Maybe I will. Uh, maybe I'll retroactively give that to him. Here we go. I'll play it. I'll play it on, on screen. I love that somebody uh, came up with that idea. Oh wait, it's not that. Where is it? Where is it? Hello. Okay. Well, it played yes. at the start. It played earlier in the day. I don't know why it's uh, being a brat now. But we're gonna. There we go. We're gonna give him vi game fuel victory caller. I'll. Oh wait, he's in New Zealand. Then now, oops. Thanks a lot, Mark. I knew there was Un a reason. Undo. I'll figure out. I'll figure out a way to, to end the show. Get us out. It didn't happen. Uh, thanks so much to Jensen for coming on the show, Mark. First off, what do you want to shout out? Nothing. Okay, uh, Jensen. How about you? What do you want to shout out? How was the show for you? Um, um, it was. It was good. It was fun. Interesting. Learned a lot of things, and uh, yeah. I mean, what did you learn? Uh, it's 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 too much. I can't I can't ah, tell you. Travis. Okay, okay, it's, very good, very good. It's time to process. Well, thank course. you for sticking yeah. around the whole time. You never. I was waiting to get a message from you at some point in time, being like, I gotta go, but uh, you suck through like a trooper. Uh, for yep. me, everyone, uh, shout out Rift Reaction. We are uh, doing some great stuff on on that show. If you want something a little shorter with some audio to listen to after you've completed this show. Uh, it's all exclusively on Spotify with me and Emily Rand. Uh, our run it this week is about King and how he's doing compared to Sven, which I think will be a fun one to, to look at some of the stats on after the first couple of weeks. And uh, thanks again to Jensen. It was awesome having you on the show, so I really do appreciate it. For everyone else, yeah. this has been Hotline League, and we'll catch you next week.